increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of STRonomics. My name is Kenny. I'm going to be hosting this episode alone today. Bill's out traveling. Uh, he's had several events going on, so I get to uh, hold the gauntlet on my own and, and do this show. I, as you know, I'm not the, the talker, so uh, this might be a five-minute episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had something prepared. But anyway, what I wanted to to talk to you guys about uh, is how to spot emerging short-term rental markets in 2023. So one of the biggest things that I've noticed are there's a lot of, there's almost 13,000 short-term rental markets in the United States, which is quite a few to be frank. However, uh, not all of those markets are performing better, especially year over year. In fact, almost all markets have seen kind of a, a setback. Now, I always tell people, you don't invest in markets, you invest in properties within markets. So, you know, you might be thinking if you already own a short-term rental, well, Kenny, year over year, I'm actually doing better. And there are people who are doing better. But across the board, when we're looking at the data and understanding what's going on, revenue is down um, across almost every single market if we just look at the averages. However, there are certain markets that are doing better. And there are certain markets that are growing and they have key attributes or characteristics that make up uh, what I would call defining as an emerging market. So these are markets that you may have heard of, but you just haven't, you know, you might have been more like, hey, why are people investing there? Or I'd never thought someone would invest there. Um, but they have certain things of growth indicators that help you know that they're becoming a strong market. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today is understanding what makes an emerging market and how you can identify them through these key attributes. So the first thing I'm going to do, I want to give you a definition of an emerging market because there's a lot of, you might personally in your head have a different idea of what it is. Um, so let's just clear the, the air there, start with the basic definition. So an emerging market is a market in the process of shifting to a mature, developed destination where growth is steady and regulatory risks are low. So there's two parts there. So it's a market shifting from to a mature, developed destination, meaning that people are, are so there's steady growth over time, all right, which it even says there where growth is steady. So mature, developed destination. So when you think you know, million plus travelers a year coming to this destination where there's continual growth, meaning people didn't just start coming here because of COVID, but people have been coming here for many, many years, decades even. And there's been this steady increase or, or um, yeah, steady increase of, of tourism to that particular area. The second piece of it is regulatory risks are low. So what do I mean by that? Does that mean no regulation at all? No, not at all. So most markets, even vacation markets, have some sort of regulation. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have any regulation. It just means that there is no threat or anti-sentiment against short-term rentals in that market. So 
we want to choose markets. We want to invest in markets where people have a positive sentiment towards short-term rentals, meaning that they see the need for them. They recognize them as important to their economy and to tourism, but they understand that regulation is also important. We should, as hosts or potential owners, be thinking the same way too. It's good to have some sort of regulation because that protects us. It protects the amount of supply. It protects bad actors from bad actors in the market. Um, but it helps show a, a sign of a healthy market when there's some sort of regulation. However, we don't want to go in markets where people in that community are opposed to having more short-term rentals. So keep that in mind. So when we're talking about emerging markets, we're looking for growth trends and we're looking for favorable regulation. Okay, so um, one of the things though that uh, I want you to kind of watch out for before I list like some of the actual examples are markets where um, we saw a huge bump in tourism because of COVID. Now, I know, <laughs> I know I've been deemed, especially from this podcast, the, the Blue Ridge hater or the Logan, Ohio hater, but they fit the bill here when talking about uh, a potential, we'll say a poser or a potential fraud. And don't, I, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like these markets are bad, don't invest in these markets, but they're not emerging markets. And here's why. So when we look at the foot traffic of Blue Ridge, and you look at the number of active listings, the increase of active listings, and then you look at the revenue pullback. When I say revenue pullback, I mean the drop in average revenue from you know this year and last year and so on. It's not good. Meaning that COVID obviously caused a surge in the number of people going to that market. You had a 100% plus increase in the number of active listings in the last three years. So if we look at Blue Ridge, for example, if you look at what it was pre-COVID, it was around like 600 to, to 650 short-term rentals in the market at that time. To today, you've got about 1,200. That's twice the number of listings in like three to four years of time, which we don't want to be in markets like that where the supply is just almost doubled. Whereas the foot traffic has definitely decreased over the last year and a half. And it was just a major, like this one-time surge and bump. So once again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go invest in these markets, but I'm also saying be careful, especially in these types of markets, and don't consider them emerging or growing because in reality, they're not. And it, it's like, you need to be careful, especially with that COVID bump. A lot of markets saw this. It's not just Blue Ridge. It's not just Logan. There's more. I, I saw it in a lake market. Uh, I'm going to pick on. And once again, I'm not hating on these markets. I'm just pointing them out. These characteristics. There was a huge bump in traffic and then a huge surge in the number of listings. And then all of a sudden, there's been this revenue pullback because lots of people are traveling there. Uh, Granbury, Texas. It's a lake market. A lot of lake markets in Texas saw this too. So we need to be careful where you see this, these huge surges in the number of active listings, a lot of emerging markets have less than a thousand active listings in their region. Now, when I say a market, don't think of like the city or a town, think of an area or a region. We know that certain markets, you know, it's not just like when we say Western North Carolina, that's a region that encompasses probably about, I would say maybe 15 to 20 markets. So think of when I say emerging market, think of it as a region rather than as an actual like town or city that you would define as a market and say SCR Insights or another data platform. 
Also, when talking about an emerging market as well, what I'm saying with a thousand active listings, that's what I mean for the whole region as well. So, and you might be thinking, well, Kenny, you know, that, that doesn't mean that the, the traffic's there. Well, guess what? You can go and research what that tourism traffic's like. If there's less than a thousand active listings, but there's over a million people traveling there per year, that's a good indicator that there's not enough supply of, you know, places to stay, whether that's hotels or short-term rentals specifically, and there's opportunity there for growth. And so you'll see that in a lot of emerging markets. So the way to identify emerging markets, and I'm going to get into some examples and explain why I really like some of these emerging market uh, examples I give you. But what I want you to think of is markets that that you can research and find. So the foot traffic on and the growth of, because we want it, the first thing you want to do is find those trends in the market research. So go on Google, look for the foot traffic in these markets. If you're looking at near state parks or national parks, a lot of that's free online. The government provides foot traffic or tourism or visitation trends. They have databases available for free. Another type of emerging market we're seeing are growing universities, college towns, things like that. You can see university admissions and the growth over time there. Uh, another one I, you know, example I have too are, you know, um, places with destinations that are growing. So there's a lot of ski resorts that are expanding. Um, there are areas with theme parks and amount of people going to theme parks. All this stuff, the more specific you can get, the easier it is to research that to understand what the foot traffic is. So you don't just go on Google and say, hey, show me places with the highest foot traffic because it's going to show you things like Disney World or maybe uh, or the Smokies or really popular destinations that aren't quote unquote emerging. So we, we need to find, we need to be very specific on what's new, what's growing um, that's not, that wasn't necessarily popular 30, 40 years ago. So that's the first thing to do, Google and just kind of understand. Then you need to understand the regulation in that market. What is the sentiment towards short-term rentals? We talked about that earlier. Is it positive or negative? What, how does the community feel about short-term rentals? If it's positive, obviously that's a good market. If it's negative, I would probably stay away. And then, then you need to start doing your due diligence in terms of the market. So go into the market, look for ways to identify, you know, what are the active listing counts? How is the revenue performance? You know, how does it look compared to, you know, pre-COVID and post-COVID? Just compare the two together. Like do that kind of data research that you would do in STR Insights or other data platforms. And then you need to go look more into what type of properties are doing well in that market. Start identifying where to invest in that market and where you should be looking. So I personally found, when I found the Watkins Glen property, uh, it was like, it, it started checking all these boxes. Consistent growth, over a million plus people are going there each year for the racetrack, for the state park, for the wineries, for the lake. There's all these different destination and traffic drivers, which we've talked about several times in the podcast, but a lot of people kind of just, stop there and they go, well, oh, well, Kenny, there's only like a hundred active listings there. Yes. There's only a hundred active listings there. And the reason why was because of, you know, there's not that many houses there. There weren't that many places to stay. And there's some regulation. The town is friendly towards short-term rentals because of the tours and the economy. They just have some stricter rules. So it's checking all these boxes for me that make it a good potential deal. I don't know if I told you guys the numbers on one of the episodes. I don't think I did. But I finally have a year of active, like uh, um, of revenue. 
So I projected that property. I bought it for 350. I projected it could do around 100,000 last year. So in the full year that I had it, I did $95,000. You know what my occupancy rate was? It was only 29%. 29% for the full entire year. That's one why I don't rely on occupancy to make financial decisions. Um, but the second thing though is how awesome was that to find a 95,000, you know, producing revenue, 95K a year property for only 350 because it's an emerging vacation market. There are other markets. There's hundreds of these markets out there that you can find if you follow the steps that I'm telling you right now. So let me give you some examples and, and I'll provide the data behind it as well. So first example, um, one market I really, really like is the Badlands uh, National Park and Mount Rushmore area in South Dakota. So a lot of people don't think about investing in South Dakota because it's South Dakota. Who goes there? Well, there's this, you know, obviously we know Mount Rushmore, but there's also the Badlands National Park too. And there's millions of people going through there each year. And in fact, if you want to get really specific, there's over uh, about two and a half million people going to Mount Rushmore each year alone. Obviously, it's a little more seasonal, but when you look at the growth trend of people going to um, Mount Rushmore, sure, there's been, you know, everybody gets that COVID bump, but the growth year over year is steady and increasing. And so even for the past three decades, so it's steady growth over time. Every now and then you'll get a big jump and one year it might go back down, but then it's back up and the growth is there. It's steady. And that's what we're looking for. Steady growth in these markets. Okay, when you look at the total number of active listings in that entire region, remember, or when I say market or region, it's like around 600, which is crazy because there's not that many towns. They're really small. There's not a lot of like places to stay at. You've got Rapid City, uh, which is probably the nearest like city uh, where some people stay, but that's hours away from these destinations. If you can get in Custer or Keystone or some of these other areas, I think Horseshoe is another one. It just makes more sense. Um, and the short term rentals are performing really well there. Another example. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll list out a couple, um, you know, national park areas that I really like um, are uh, another one under the radar, Sleeping Bear Dunes, Michigan National. It's like a seashore. So really beautiful area. And you've got Traverse City nearby. But if you look at Maple City or all around that kind of coast area of northern Michigan, not a lot of short term rentals. You know, Traverse City does have a fair, it has just a little over a thousand, but outside of that area into that region, um, you've got less than like 600 and there are tons of workers and resources near there that will travel and take care of, you know, your, your rental. So you're not worried about, Hey, are, is there anyone there that's going to be able to clean my property or take care of it? And the growth there has been really, really interesting as well. And it's actually kind of in the last probably 10 years started to, um, exponentially increase in the amount of foot traffic there. This park, I mean, it's been around since 1975, but we're seeing about 1.5 million people go to that national park based on the uh, statistics from the national parks visitation database. So a lot of good data there, easy to see the growth. And obviously the active listing supply is low. And it, it's simply because a lot of people don't know about this market. A lot of people aren't going and running to in droves to Michigan to invest but there's opportunity here. You know, some other national parks, I'm just going to uh, spout out, or not even national parks, state parks too work. I'm in Watkins Glen. 
1 million people, I think it's like 1.1 last year, came to Watkins Glen. That's insane. It's a town of like 1,800 people, and it's not a national park. It's a state park. So areas like Red River Gorge, Kentucky, really, really cool. If you're looking at that area, consider a new construction because there's low inventory. The new state park, New River Gorge in um, near Fayetteville, West Virginia, definitely one area to check out. And then another one I've been preaching for months, over a year now, Shenandoah, Virginia. Still a great market. I still know people finding properties that are crushing it. It's just different, guys. So find the state national park, state park that fits you if you like that kind of feel. And you'll find a lot of those have emerging markets there that fit that criteria of steady, consistent growth and also low active listing count where, where it's not like saturated in terms of the market. When you think of, and I'm not saying, you know, when we, let's take the Smokies. Smokies is a great area. 10 million plus people go there. Huge difference. But we already know about it, right? You, if you're listening, I'm not talking about emerging markets are better than traditional markets. I'm trying to teach you what the characteristics and things are you need to know of how to find an emerging market. What are some other examples I personally found of emerging markets are like college towns. And then I think I'd mentioned earlier, like the traditional destinations or vacation spots like Disneyland, things like that. So college towns, there's some colleges that have exploded in the last like 10 to, to 15 years. And they have uh, a huge demand for places to stay, short-term rentals, parents visiting for graduation or sporting events or um, just other things going on on the campus that, uh, you know, incentivize people to come and stay in that town while, you know, the university's in and not renting to college students, renting to their families. I think that's really important. Somebody asked me about that. Oh, are you consider renting to college students? I'm like, heck no. I'm renting to their, their families who are visiting or people who are coming for to, you know, take advantage of, you know, an event going on at the university. So two towns that I want you to, to think about are Gainesville, Florida. So the, the student population of Gainesville has grown, you know, it's steady growth. It's not exponential. It's steady growth over time, which is what we like to see. So um, we've really seen, and the population of Gainesville, it's over 140,000 people and it's steady growth over time. All free data online, all stuff you can look at and see the trends in a positive direction. And when you look at the active listing count in Gainesville, the other one's College Station as well. We all see this like slight bump up in the number of short-term rentals, but there's still not this like incredible spike or uh, enough of a bump that matches the growth of the population or even how many students are going to the university. And that's the same thing in, you know, the, the, the people going to the national parks. You see these, you know, this growth of the national parks, but you don't see that same growth in the number of short-term rentals either. So that's a sign that there's not enough supply to meet demand and there's opportunity there. And you can look at the revenue in these places and you can see revenue growing as well. And if you look at the saturation, when we look at red par year over year and compare those two together, you can see that the 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 satur there is no saturation in these markets and there's actually a demand for, or sorry, don't mix that up. There's a need for more supply to meet demand. So demand is growing in the, the pace of supply isn't, you know, at a, at a point to match the demand there. So those are things that we're looking for, not only in the data of the tourism traffic, but the data of the short-term rentals, uh, the revenue data, their, you know, active listing count to understand if a market is emerging. So I really like Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida and College Station. So Texas A&M, which Texas A&M is one of the biggest universities, or 
terms of student population. I think it's like over 73,000 students. So that's a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of people going there and it's kind of near Austin, but not really, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of out on its own. So not a lot of places to stay great opportunity there, in my opinion. And I think it's a, it's a really cool market to consider if you want more of a less seasonal year round market. Okay. Let's talk about some of these destination, uh, places that are growing. So big one are ski resorts. So two ski markets that I'm, I'm, uh, I've been keeping my eye on, on West coast. The best one I've probably seen growth wise is Taos, New Mexico. I think I brought this up in a, in another podcast, but El Prado, which is just North of Taos, but you've got four major ski resorts there. You, you know, Taos Ski Valley is one angel fires, another big one. Those are kind of the big two, but there's, there's four. The growth there has been substantial. I think Taos. So uh, there's over 1.5 million skiers that go into that area for all four resorts each year. Um, so growth is definitely getting there. If you look at the population, it's a steady increase again. But here's the thing that got me and why I even threw this one in there. The city of Taos announced they're going to spend $300 million on upgrading the resorts in the next five years. $300 million. That's a lot of money for ski resorts in the next like five years of time. And I'm going to tell you about another one in a second that's doing the same and over the span of 10 years on one resort. And it's it's because they're they are growing. They see the the demand has increased, but the number of short-term rentals isn't peaking at that in the in terms of like just the growth of them isn't at that level because of geographical limitations. So that's one of the reasons something you'll notice with these emerging markets is they're not like, there's just not a lot to, to build, oh, subdivisions of short-term rentals. That's just not a thing in a lot of these markets. And so that's why I like, if you can get into one of these markets and find opportunity there is you get in and there's kind of this like geographical cap on the amount of supply that can't ever allow it to explode. Like some of these other areas, like say the Blue Ridge uh, mountains or the Smokies. Um, so that's Taos, New Mexico, great market. Check it out. Um, another market that, so the other one that I was mentioning that they're going to put, I think 220 million or something like that. Um, in the span of 10 years, it has over a million skiers. So if we go up to the Northeast, it's Sunday river ski resort in Maine. It's one of the biggest, uh, ski resorts in the Northeast. Uh, it's up in Maine. It's near Newry and Bethel. Maine and that market's really exploded. I've seen some really good deals there. Um, it's a great, great area. And they, I mean, it is, if you look on a map, the ski resort is huge and they're trying, they're dumping in over 200, I think 220 million or something like that into the single resort over the next 10 years is the goal. They've already done half of it or something like that, or a third of it in like, in like a year or two. So they're well on par or well on pace to, or sorry, they're, I guess, they're going to outpace what they're what they're originally planning of the growth of that ski resort, and there's there's over a million skiers that go to that resort each year. So really cool area. The market would be Newry Bethel. Last one I want to bring up is Frisco, Texas. So uh, this area I like because of Universal Studios announced they're putting in uh, a Universal there, and so that's being worked out. And while that's being worked out, it's really interesting to to note that Frisco is north of Dallas. It's a suburb area. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. They do have strict short-term rental regulations, 
However, there's not a lot of hotels. There's not a lot of places to stay there. And you don't have to be in Frisco. There's also Prosper just north of there. Um, Denton is kind of west and also a good market. And there's a college there as well. Um, I think a university hospital or something. So there, there's a lot of opportunity near there. And I think they're going to they're gonna have a, a bigger demand for obviously bigger demand for short-term rentals because of the Universal Studios popping up there. So that's definitely a market to keep in mind. Um, obviously, make sure you check with the regulations. There's HOAs, a lot of other things because it's suburbs. Um, but that is a market to keep on the radar because of uh, a theme park coming there. And that's going to increase the, the size of the city and the tourism and the foot traffic there. So look for those things when you're looking for emerging markets. I'll just kind of wrap up and conclude here. And I hope you guys, you know, I've been talking 25 minutes. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that's a record for me on a podcast. I seriously hope you guys found the value in this. But when you're looking to invest, especially in emerging markets, make sure you're focused on that tourism traffic. And it wasn't just a bump from COVID. I mean, everywhere got a bump from COVID, but make sure it's been growth over time because we're heading to this like post COVID phase and a lot of markets are kind of turning back to what they were doing before. Some of them are a little bit more than others, but we're just seeing like this kind of pullback and some of them are seeing a 15 to 20% pullback where others might see, you know, only 5%. And those are the markets that, Hey, I'm, I'm personally looking in. I know Bill's looking in and evaluating or are the markets that really aren't seeing this huge pullback in revenue in the post-COVID days. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that. I hope that was clear and informative, dropped a lot of good data points there. I'll, I'll just wrap up and conclude here, guys. I uh, Just so you know, I am putting on uh, an event for, um, it's going to be about maximizing revenue and a way to do that. It's a one-day event. Um, if you'd like more information about that, uh, check out uh, my Instagram at Kenny underscore Bedwell, or you can join my free Facebook group. That's all about data and short-term rentals. Uh, it's the STR data host. You'll see some stuff in there about the, the event there if you're interested in that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys next time. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.